holding my hand. I'm holding my hand like a quick draw right now. Like, who's gonna say first? <laughs> Reach for the <laughs> sky. Can we review the album for that like movie? Yes. That's a that movie is so good. It's a great movie. My dad is a huge fan, and he has multiple posters of like theatrical re- releases from around the world in the basement. <laughs> That's amazing. <sighs> Such a dad thing. Holy. That is a big dad thing. But That's also a big like. Dad move. But also here's the thing: if you were seeing a boy and you went to their room, and like they're kind of like a bro. Would you be more okay if they had a Pulp Fiction poster on their wall? Or would you be more okay if they had a Good, the Bad, and the Ugly poster on their wall? Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Totally. Yeah, I'm going to have to say that. Because there's this that kind of person that's like obsessed with Pulp Fiction. That it's just like, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. It's great. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. But like... It reminds me of like... Be- Do you guys know Instagram page Beam Me Up Soft Boy? That's what it makes me think of. No, I don't. I don't know it, but I know exactly what you're referring to. Yeah. Oh, Lord. It's like an Instagram account that posts like chats with soft boys. I'll read, I'll read you, I'll read you a couple. They're pretty bad. Please. Oh, God. That's, oh, cringe. It's really bad. I'll read you some of them. Hold up. Oh, I can't wait. I'm stoked. There we go. There's been a couple that are really good. Here, here we go. It's so cool that you're into talking heads. And then this person replies, Lol, thank you. I feel like a lot of people are. Then the soft boy says, Not our age, honestly. Talking heads are fairly obscure to even fans of the genre. Uh... You know I'm what the most obscure New York punk band is? It's the Talking Heads. Never heard of him. Never yeah. heard of him. Oh, here's another one. Listening to the Talking Heads in my trench coat like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, that was me in like grade 10, though, to be honest. When I discovered the Talking Heads, I'm like in my trench coat, like waiting for the bus, bus stop, just like <laughs> listening to like burn it down the house yeah you were like super cool the first song that i thought of when i was like having that mental image of you was um this must be the place no i listen to that song often though because it makes me think of my partner oh oh that's wholesome i also remember wearing a joy division shirt in like grade 11 and the art teacher at school walking up and being like i didn't think students would listen to that band i'm impressed (laughs) (laughs) Flash forward like a few an unknown, years. Like an unknown pleasures shirt? Yeah, like the classic. <laughs> oh, God. That's like the Pepsi logo now. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, fucking the symbol, like the, the unknown pleasures logo, and it just says, like, um, what's the Pepsi slogan these days? I don't know. Why don't you ask uh, Caitlyn Jenner? No, not Caitlyn Jenner. Fuck. Sorry. Who's... who's Who's Kendall? It's Kendall Jenner. They all got Kendall fucking Jenner. names like that. I it's saw. Okay names. I I I know. I saw a meme earlier today. They're like, "Where's Kendall Jenner and her Pepsi? They're so scared. <laughs> her Pepsi can. They're so quiet right now." <laughs> the Pepsi can so, of peace. Yeah, that's right. Let's hand them a fucking sign of corporate slavery and let's Some- fucking end <laughs> this war, please. Yeah. Oh, 
please. Somebody please hand Trump a Pepsi. He's not himself when he's thirsty. Could you imagine there's Trump shaking, trembling on, under his desk as the now deemed terrorists left 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 uh, leftists are barreling through the the White House to the Oval Office. The door bursts open and they all come in waving their black flags and chanting slogans. I can't breathe or say his name, George Floyd and 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 Trump just shaking in his shoes Look, gets up and says, what, what do you want? And as one person, one girl, one lady, young woman, removes her face mask, and it's Kendall Jenner, and hands him a Pepsi. <laughs> and, that's <End> how, <laughs> and that's how it all ended. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It's the taste. It's the taste of a generation. I think that was the one in the in the nineties. <laughs> that was something. the Britney Spears one. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, like, I, I like, thought. Did like hit me one more time and came down with like, holding a Pepsi and there's like fireworks going off in the background. It's like the taste of a oh. generation. Yeah, but isn't isn't that wasn't that a joke used in fucking Wayne's World? It's like, yes. Yeah. Oh, also in Austin we... Powers. Oh yeah, fucking. Oh man, yeah, that's right. Wait, was it? I think so. In Austin Powers. Was it? No, no, no. Britney Spears just showed up in Austin Powers. I'm getting them confused. Yeah, I think that was number three. three. Yeah, the one with, with Beyonce. In case you haven't noticed, it's, there's a lot of bad things going on right now, and we just want to say that Black Lives Matter, and yeah. we'll yes. leave a list of donations in the, the doobly-doo of this podcast because they need your help. So how do you do, fellow yeah. terrorists? Yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, we're all terrorists now. If you're standing up and like protesting the murder, let's call it what it is. It's not the death of of George Floyd. It's the murder. Of it's George the continued Floyd. murder of so of many black people. people. Yeah, of black and, people. Yeah. In in the states and around the world, and <sighs> yeah. As my friend said to me earlier today, though, be kind to yourself. Uh, take a moment when you need it, and fight on. Welcome to music yeah. is good. Uh, oof. <laughs> I am a, I am uh, Devlin Galloway. I'm joined today by my co-hosts. Annie and Tifa Negrin. Cardcaptor Matt Lane. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you with like the wand and like doing the whole thing now. Oh my God! I wish I had Kiro hanging out with me. Annie, Annie, Tifa. <laughs> Annie, 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 Tifa, Super Soldier. That's not, that's what Devlin's partner called me. <laughs> what? Oh, that's so good. I didn't, I didn't do a joke because I, I was like in serious brain mode, but uh, I, 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 that, that's me. I'm Devlin, your non-binary Antifa super god. Uh, oh, that's good. And I'm know, still card captor Matt. <laughs> I remember reading a long time ago, there was a conspiracy theorist thing going around that they were breeding non-binary people because if you combined both genders you got like a god <laughs> and they were making wow. super soldiers out of that and i'm like foolish they mortals have they <laughs> must be, they must be reading a lot of like carl jung and or kundalini yoga texts because like i mean you're more accurate kinda... than you think you are <laughs> yeah you're kind of kind of 
let's 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 unite the unite the pieces and form a whole. Let's megazord into the god super soldier. It's it's like the Skeksis and the Mystics. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> uh today we're talking about Peter Gabriel. Yes. Specifically the third uh, album, Melt. Yeah. Well, it was never officially titled Melt, but it was just kind of he 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 released like a series of albums, like up uh four albums up until so, I think, or up. Let me double check. Um, just so you all know, in listener land, uh, my computer decided to completely eviscerate my notes on this that I spent three hours reading up about. And uh, so I'm in a great mood about this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the albums were all titled. The album's all up up to, I think the album after this was called Control. Jesus, sorry, I will be uh security that's what it was and it was up to so so the first album was car scratch melt and this is that one's one we're covering today and then you have security but they were all titled peter gabriel and there was no there was no numerical uh uh uh, yeah they were just they're just all called peter gabriel (laughs) yeah he didn't even (laughs) he didn't even differentiate yeah it's all the same what's this one called pete peter gabriel and this one, <laughs> Peter Gabriel. You know, what about this one, Pete? Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the fans. I'm pretty sure it's like the fans who decided, the, like, who changed like the nickname. Who, yeah, they changed them. I yeah, love they, that. they like not they nicknamed them exactly. They they nicknamed it, and yeah, because the fourth one is called Security, and it looks like it's like some type of weird fucking. Like security camera yeah, it's, footage it's from like the eighties. It's based on the album cover. Like I want to talk a bit about the album cover because it's really interesting. But it's like a picture of Peter Gabriel, and it's like a modified Polaroid. Or I don't even know. It wasn't a Polaroid. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah. It's was it? It was modified. Um. So his face looks like it's melting on the left side. It looks really sick, to be honest. It's very. Mm-hmm. very powerful looking yeah and it's i and it's interesting because this album is kind of like he wasn't writing it as like a continued kind of um like narrative or anything but all this album songs and topics are kind of kind of flow together and it starts out very strange and awkward with a song about a man who who's like it's called the intruder and it's about a man who breaks into people's homes and like steals them and is a creep and smells women's dresses and like watches them and then disappears into the night. And it's so fucking creepy. And it reminds me of the, uh, of the album, the first album that he did car it was like burger Meister, the Meister burger or something like that. Burger Meister. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. McDonald's mascot. <laughs> Uh, Moribund the Burgermeister. Now, I don't have any notes on this, but it's basically, if you remember, and I, and I thought it was Burgermeister and Meisterburger, because there's, um, Santa Claus is coming to town with Burl Ives narrating as the Sandman, uh, sorry, as the, uh, Snowman, and then you have, uh, Mickey Rooney playing Santa Claus, and it was out in the, this was out in the 60s, 70s, or something like that, ultimately, probably my favorite origin story for Santa Claus, but, um, Oh my god, I know bag- what you're talking about. 
<laughs> yeah, there and but one foot in front of the other. Da, 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 da. I'm Mr. Snowmeister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Burgermeister Meisterburger. He was like some weird fucking like stingy asshole. So, <laughs> Good description. Yeah, that's right. Fuck it. But um this was the third album after he left Genesis and was taken over by his uh, vocal doppelganger Phil Collins, who was on the uh, Epstein Black Book, by the way, uh, just so you know. Yeah, Phil Collins. Phil oh. Collins is in the Epstein Black Book, just so everybody knows. Annie, oh. but can you tell them if Peter Gabriel was? No, Peter Gabriel is not in the Black Book. So Peter ultimately, okay. yeah, Peter Gabriel's okay. Phil Collins unfortunately played drums on like the majority of this album <laughs> i i was reading, i was reading through the epstein little black book yesterday um courtney love is in there just so everybody knows um yep. which was heartbreaking for me but anyway. y'all have ruined my next joke you completely ruined my joke no i was gonna what say was this it? album was was fucking what's his name dad I wanted to say Peter Gabriel, but it's the other one, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. This this, epi- <laughs> this episode's Phil Collins Erasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, funny enough, I actually had the joke in our episode that we didn't end up releasing, where I was like listening to, and that's how I kind of fell onto this album, was that I was listening to a lot of Peter Gabriel's So, and I was like, holy shit, did Phil Collins rip off like Peter Gabriel's So to create the Tarzan soundtrack? Because when I hear in your eyes, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Tarzan. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't Fuck. be either, to be honest. They're so closely in bed with each other. Uh, I don't know. I in this know. album at least. Well, okay, so a lot of people go like, Oh yeah, Phil Collins invented like gated drum sounds for his like that one album he did with the can hear it like that shit yeah hold but oh oh but hold on he actually used it the first time on this album and it was used in the place of it was used because he was peter gabriel told um phil collins and the other uh percussionist jerry marota um not to use cymbals during the album sessions and uh, he was quoted as, and Peter Gabriel was quoted as saying, Art- artists given complete freedom die a horrible death. Um, so when you tell them what they can't do, they, they get creative and say, oh, yes, I can, which is why I banned symbols. Phil was cool with it. Marota, because Phil's a cuck, but Marota did, <laughs> did object and took him a while to settle in. It's like, it's like he didn't say, he didn't call him a cuck, but I did. That's a little uh, little artistic freedom right, right there. Um, but maybe I'm dying a horrible death in this story, but it's like being right-handed and having to learn to write with your left. So, like, he basically said no fucking symbols. Um, and later on in the album, you can hear, like, there's, like, a little... Um, basically like kind of like early 808 like hi-hat symbol there's electronic symbols but that's different so what this kind of did was it freed up a lot of the high end so they could focus more on uh, production and adding weird little creaks and and like zips and buzzes and there and are weird w- definitely a yeah. lot of those in this album yeah and what it does is because all the real estate taken up by symbols is now open 
and it create and it honestly it makes it's funny because you've listened to it and you think like you don't think that there's no symbols on it because the songs are so full right i don't know if you guys how did i don't know how you guys felt about that but i didn't i didn't notice that until like i actually read it and i was like oh shit like that was years ago when i first listened to it and i was reading up about it because i'm a dork like that because i need to know everything about everything i'm listening to well, that's why we have a podcast isn't it yeah, that's actually why you asked me to join. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, <laughs> I subconsciously noticed that. And when you were bringing it up, I was going to be like, there's no symbols. Like, I realized it myself but after, like, refreshing right before you recorded. I was like, there's no symbols. There's no yeah. symbols. Yeah. But the first time, it's it's it, the first time that Phil Collins ever used, like, gated reverb, it was done on this album and not on, on uh, face value. Because the thing was, is that, like, what is it, uh, the engineer for this album and the producer, let me see, I just got to make sure. Yeah, Steve Lillywhite and the engineer Hugh Pagman, pa- pad- Pagham, um, also did uh, face value. So basically, I'm imagining they figured out how to do gated reverb, and then Phil Collins didn't know how to do it, so he got the engineer and the producer from that album to come on to the thing. So don't give it to Collins. Nah, they figured I mean, it out. I mean, I don't know. They figured it out, and then he just took it and ran with it. I'm imagining it's a team effort. Phil, I'm sorry. Come on the pod and explain why you're in Epstein's black book. But um... <laughs> no, they're fighting. I want, I want, I want there to be a feud between Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. I want them to fight. I feel like Peter Gabriel's too good for that, but like Phil Collins would want it. Like he'd want it, and then Peter Gabriel's like. No, I don't want to do that. And then, like, Phil would be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to fight either. I was just seeing if you wanted to. Kate, if you want to, like. I was told that Kate Bush was on this album. What she is. Kate Bush is on uh, Games Without Frontiers. Okay, I love Kate Bush so much. Oh, Kate, Kate Bush, Bush is, is an angel. Fucking amazing. God bless. We need, we need, we need to do a Kate Bush, uh, episode tbh i would love to it's on Um, my list yeah but her and her and peter gabriel kind of like uh like the mask and femme version of like the same kind of vibe i feel like like there even did a song called uh don't give up on the album uh preceding this called uh so and it was a song called don't give up and i listened to that walking around um my neighborhood here and fucking like was in tears i was like oh god like you two are so good together on like recording i don't know if they're still friends or what um but kate's an icon we love you kate uh now we're gonna do an episode about it we gotta we have to we have to i've been debating about it but um i would love to Mm -hmm. the entire like stuff i've read about this is all about the fucking gated drum sound That's oh really all it's about i've read i read a good chunk of stuff too and it was just like gated drum sound gated okay drum sound. okay so amit Ertgun, uh Ertgun from atlantic records who famously absolutely fucking i think he loved led zeppelin because led zeppelin was on atlantic and he was all about it and but he was quoted as saying uh was it no uh gabriel was saying gabriel uh in the same interview that he talked about their um artistic um 
freedom thing, which I think limitations do help in the creative process. I think like giving yourself like uh, limitations and confining and restricting uh, situations to work within. I think that forces creativity. So I I agree. I agree with Cape with Peter here. Um, so yeah, he was saying that like Ahmet Ertung had said that what do people in America care about this guy in South Africa? And has have Peter ever been to a mental hospital? Because, and Peter's like, yeah, because there was this weird track that called like "Lead a Normal Life," and they thought I had a breakdown and recorded a piece of crap. And he's like, I thought I really found myself on that record, and then someone just squashes it. And I, he said that he went through some primordial rejection issues, which I'm like. I feel that right now. This right now. This, this album was considered his artistic breakthrough is what Abs- I was reading. Yeah, because fucking Ahmed Ertgun from Atlantic Record, after this album got picked up by Mercury Records, and fucking um was it Yeah, Geffen no sorry, it was Get Ge- oh yeah, wait. The album was released by Mercury Records and afterwards and that was like underneath, unfortunately, Geffen, David Geffen, who's probably still on his fucking yacht. Um, like they after it started becoming a commercial hit, and Games Without Frontiers like reached like number four on the charts or something, and and the UK and like was like going up in this in in the states. Fucking Atlantic starts going, oh, can we buy this album back to distribute it? And Peter's like, mm, yeah, no. So they. Somehow bought it back. No, they didn't. He said, "Fuck that! I don't want anything to do with Atlantic ever again." Huh? Yep. How did Geffen get a hold of it? Um, I think it was because he was just trying to like. Uh, well, it was released by Mercury, and now like. I was under uh, the impression that the label was Charisma. But... Charisma. Okay, let's see. Let's label. It was Charisma in the UK, Geffen in North America, no, and no. then. And then the original USLP pressing was uh, Mercury. So basically, okay. Geffen, Geffen and Charisma still release this album, um, or still press the album in this and the states and the UK oh, respect, respectively. But basically, Atlantic like shit the bed. I'm like, I'm so, like, and it's yeah. I think I yeah, just yeah. I just find that so fucking like funny because like in my mind. In my in my heart of hearts, like I think businessmen should stay doing business and let the artists do their fucking work. Like, stay out of the fucking recording studio. Oh, one hundred percent out. Don't like how many artists out there have been stifled because they're afraid of like commercial like they're afraid of commercial like failing or like not being accessible or. Or anything like this is how you get good pieces of art. Like you fucking like do it and not give a shit. And like that's probably why like he, like Peter went through some like primordial rejection issues. Like that probably triggered a lot of fucking hurt in the guy. Yeah, I can imagine that. Fucking it's like that our cramps episode of that one guy who came into the studio and fucked stuff up and they had like a freak out about it. Which which episode was that? The cramps. Oh, the cramps. Oh, yeah, that guy comes in, he starts fucking with shit, and then uh, Lux and Tira ripped him a new one. Mm-hmm. God bless. Record execs stay out of the fucking studio. Yeah, don't you, do, you don't fuck with the cramps, and you don't fuck with Peter Gabriel, and you don't fuck with me. <laughs> kill, kill, kill. All the record kill. execs that are after Matt. 
Yeah, all of them, right? Yeah, for sure. Hey, don't. I wouldn't fuck with record execs. It's good that you don't have any record execs telling you what to do. <laughs> Except yeah, me, of I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'd, let, <laughs> I'd, 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 straight up, I'd let Devlin manage me. I would. I'd let I tr- Devlin. I trust. I trust Devlin. <laughs> um, my favorite thing, just like reading into Peter Gabriel, is how what a fancy lad he was growing up. <laughs> fancy lad like that's the best way to describe it without like like he grew up on a manor in the woods and went to a private school and played in a in a proper jazz band called the Malords. <laughs> he played in a jazz band called the Malords. the Malords. Malord. what about was there was there was there like a miladies one did they all wear? Did they all wear uh, fedoras? <laughs> I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Oh God! Well, the fedora was at least a symbol of like, yet yeah, like, like status at, at least back in the day. Like we, how did we go from? How did we go to from? Um, oh my God! What's his name? I see his face. Fly me to the moon. That oh, uh, Sinatra. How did we go from Sinatra to neckbeards with the fedora? Like, seriously, someone fill me in on this. Like, come on. Yeah, they probably should have died of the style in the 50s. Yeah, it should have been over then, but alas. He's dragging it through the mud. It's dead. Let it go. Leave him. You're making Sinatra roll in his grave, guys. Like, how dare you? Uh, Another fancy lad fact. His great uncle was Sir Thomas Gabriel, first baronet. Lord Mayor of London from 1866 to 1877. Amazing. And he went to St. Andrew's Preparatory School for Boys. Oh, how? Okay, so how did somebody like that go on to playing in Genesis wearing a ball gown and a fox mask? Someone filled me in on this. <laughs> like, that's I, pretty cool. I really don't understand <laughs> private school. Private school kids are on something else, I tell you. <laughs> I um, I went to a private school when I was, I don't know, I forget exactly what grades. Private school kids are hell. Yeah, I like a lot. I know so many private school kids who like when they got out of it and went to like a public school, they were like, oh, the real world's much better. Yep, yeah, it was the same thing for me. Okay, I'm just seeing that he wrote a song called "The Knife," and I'm and I know that uh, Karen from Fivere and uh, the Knife with uh, with their brother. I I'm wondering if they named the Knife after a Peter Gabriel song, and I know Karen's a Peter Gabriel fan because they covered um, "Mercy Street." I wouldn't be surprised. I'm like I'm like wait wait wait. Oh, okay, but that's a Genesis song, and that means the Knife was named after a Genesis song. That makes even more sense, to be honest. <laughs> Does it? I don't know. I just threw that out there. It seems to make sense. Okay, okay, okay. I'm making Mental. bold claims. Bold claims. Hot um, takes. At age 12, he wrote a song called Sammy the Slug, and I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear that too, actually. Somebody give us the recording of Sammy the Slug, Man. please. I have a oh. question. Okay. Like, he's done a lot for, like, music and stuff. Love Pete. Pete is good. Mm-hmm. Why is a white guy from a rich, fancy lad boy like so renowned for world music? That's a really excellent question. So renowned for world music? Yeah, like 
mm. like the genre world music. Like really, yeah. I don't consider. I don't personally consider him world music, but some of his stuff is considered world music. Yeah. Yeah, like well, I... he co-founded like the WOMAD festival and like is cons- called the champion of world music for much of his career. Okay. Okay. Well, that could be because Biko was the first like single to charting single to um f- to talk about um a world issue which was in South Africa with the ap- apartheid and the let's call it what it is not the death of Stephen Biko but the murder in the hand at the hands of the police yeah hmm. still happening today kids um yeah like I think that might be, be that might be it, but at the time there wasn't very much of that, and he was kind of like the first to really like go out on the the first kind of like superstar to basically go off and say like point at this, and it got a lot of attention. Um, uh, apparently, it was like one of the it's the biggest non South African anti apartheid song um, ever hmm. ever written. And it was, like, one of the first times that this had happened in, like, the music industry. And and if you think about it, my dad was really confused. He thought that this album was released, like, later, late 1980s. And it's not. This is 1980. It was only a couple years after the mur- murder of Steve Biko, though. It was only, yeah. So, it, which makes me wonder, like, did he just find this out? Yeah, yeah, 1977. Yeah. But it makes me wonder, like, was he researching it and was and and found out about this or did somebody tell him about this like i don't know it's good to like take note of what's happening in the in in the world around you like globally especially oh yeah Um, no totally it's just very interesting that this man from some wooded glen in fucking britain is a champion of world music i don't know i find that interesting well it's also like he he used a lot of elements from a lot of different music. He wasn't limiting himself in in any particular influence, I think. Before we get to talking about the songs, to what I was talking about before, I found out why Peter Gabriel is considered a champion of music. It's because he collaborates with many worldly artists. Mm. I was making fun of him without knowing the full thing, and that's on me. But he's still a fancy lad. He's a, oh. he's a bit of... Is a bit of a fancy lad, but like, I mean, that's kind of cool that, I mean, it depends. Maybe sometimes you get people who go to like private schools and they turn out like um, right wing soft boys and then you get Annie. Hi. And Peter Gay. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Hi. I'm not, actually sh- I'm not actually shitting on him. It's just fun to make comments on people who grow up as fancy lads well i just imagine peter gabriel doing a little like jig when you say he was a fancy lad i imagine him like sitting with like a bowl hat on in his forest manor pinky up drinking a glass of tea like listening (laughs) listening to listening to the latest ravi shankar (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so what's the first song matt all right so i chose um the first I've chose the three songs, and it is No Self-Control is the first song on this album. This song is a classic. It's so good. I don't know how to stop. As as somebody, yeah, like, 
What is that? Is that like a marimba in the song? It's really good. Hmm. Uh, potentially. I actually didn't get the. I haven't gotten the. Um... It's like a xylophone or a marimba or something like that. It sounds really good. It's yeah, super it might be. Also, this like this song goes through so many different like. I almost want to call them movements. Like it has so many like very different sounding chunks. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's you don't hear that in a lot of pop music where they have actual like different movements for a single piece. Yeah, and I didn't mean to pick um like th- like three of the singles that were on the album. This cuz I usually don't like to do that and but like this album was a fucking single. Yeah, half this album is are singles, so goddamn. Yeah, there's like four or five off of this album. Of there's like four, the, yeah. Yeah, at this album goes talks about like so much. It talks about like like um immigrant families. This album's being, like, forty-five minutes long. Forty-five minutes long, and you get like obsession and like creepiness and the intruder you talk about no self-control which deals with depression and like addiction and compulsive behavior start and i don't remember what start was about exactly (laughs) but but i don't remember was like about like um was about um like immigrant families and like that's not the only time that it comes up with it because it's not one of us as well is another one that deals with that. And the family snapshot is about a person being executed and and the spotlight. And then it's just it's just so much on this album and it's I don't know. I I personally think it's fucking wicked, but maybe we could save that for the end of this. But yeah, um no self-control. It's like uh, classic like this when i heard this song i didn't know it was by peter gabriel but once i heard it i'm like oh like i made the bridge connection you know it's like damn synapse connected oh, oh so you had he- you heard it before i heard this single before because it definitely came on like a radio or my parents used to listen to this in the house because like okay the i don't know how to stop like i immediately was like i know this song like from some deep-rooted memory somewhere yeah yeah it's just like I was sitting in the backyard at my parents' place here, um, listening listening to this album, and like I listened to it twice in a row. And this song stood. The first time I listened to it, I decided I wanted to pick this as my choice. And the second time I went through it, I would pick the songs that I wanted to pick. And this one was absolutely like I I need as somebody who's like struggled with addiction, like addiction and substance abuse issues, like this. And and especially with like anxiety and compulsive and like compulsive behavior, probably linked. I don't know. You're not Carl Jung, so let's let's get that out of the way, listener, um, or Freud <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> uh, I mean, like maybe I'll let her listen to this, but. Um, <clears throat> But, like, I've got to pick up the phone. I will call any number. I will talk to anyone. I know I've gone too far. Much too far I've gone this time. I don't know what... To, what. I don't want to think what I've done. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. When I think of that, I think of a person who's, like... And we've seen a lot of this, especially within um, the realm of celebrity, of posting, like, these meltdown, almost, like, cringeworthy, like, meltdown posts. Like, I mean, <clears throat> Lana Del Rey. But... Um, <laughs> of, like... Of, like you know, 
like <laughs> like picking i will call any number i did i need like you need this compulsion like you're uncomfortable with yourself and you need to reach out to somebody but it's not in the in like it's not in like the resolve of getting help it's just like calling up somebody just for the sake of calling them like it's a they're deadly cycle like you it's really hard to get out of those deadly cycles they talk about when you're kind of things absolutely like i uh, like got to get some food i'm so hungry all the time i don't know how to stop like this touches on like compulsive compulsive behavior and it just like like i don't know i was i was going like and i still have been going through like some pretty dark um moods in my head and depression and stuff like that but when i listened to this one um i was like my god like this album somehow is with everything going on in the world and everything going on inside of me and like kind of seeing like the parallel tension and seeing like what i'm dealing with in my own personal life this album so much so kind of like show like display it just was like you know when you hear a piece of music and you're like god damn like I know I had that kind of I had that feeling when I listened to Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen last year and I was reading the lyrics and I was like get get the fuck out of my world like fuck you Bruce Springsteen like how dare <laughs> get you get out of here this, leave yeah I was reading the lyrics to Dancing in the Dark and I was like because I was working at the club and I was working all the time and I was like having like weird little dance parties in my room and just like melt down and like not like just not liking who I am and needing to get out and I was reading that. And I was like, fuck you, Bruce Springsteen. This is, like, way too intimate for you to, like, be discussing. But then this album, too, like, it was, like, it wasn't as pronounced as that. But it definitely, this this song kind of uh, definitely, definitely struck me for that, I think. No mm-hmm. self-control. I yeah. love the boss. Stop bullying the boss. Oh, no, I love Bruce Springsteen. I, th- I do believe that I've ent- I asked him to come on this episode uh, it's a, asked him to come onto the pod in our first episode. Did you? Or was it the yeah, second one? Sure. The second. No, it was episode? probably the first episode. We were talking about how Bruce Springsteen covered "Dream Baby Dream." I think. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey. Can you believe this is episode eleven? This is kind of crazy. I can't believe we're already eleven episodes in. Mm-hmm. Time you be flying. Brought to you by viewers like you. Someone play the PBS theme. Hey, me in the future. You can't make the rainbow. I don't think that's the PBS theme, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just wait. I'm just waiting for that one episode where we like get squashed for licensing when we cl- throw a clip in at the end, and then one of us has to like. I know it'm. Pro- I I know I'm volunteering already, but like I'll sing that. I'll sing one of the song from that artist. See the, the current. Of- See, the current plan for me for us to get squashed by copyright is we'll do a Queen album and we'll all break out into a way more than 10 seconds like sing along to Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my god. Oh my god. That would be so fucking good. I hope we get copyright squashed for the the recent episode that I edited because that would mean that uh, Matt would have to sing music for airports, something off of music for airports by Brian Eno. So. Oh my god. But that's like... <laughs> I need to hear a sine wave right now. Okay, I did what if it we again. did whale okay. core? 
What the what fuck is whale core? It's just whale music. Whale nice. sounds. Oh yo, do you remember when you would go to some some place like uh like like Shoppers Drug Mart and you walk through and they'd have like that one kiosk there, like that one stand, and you'd press a button and it would play like na- Aboriginal music. And like, oh, done, yeah. but like, but it's like Aboriginal music for white people, and then they have whale sounds, they had Celtic music, and it's like, who the I fuck is? I forgot about the CD stands. Yeah, oh who God. the fuck is? Who the fuck is buying that shit? Who's that for? Peter Gabriel is. Indigenous Indigenous music for white people is a really great way to describe it. That's basically what it is. I yeah. Back to no self control. This song literally is a classic, and it's. It's tied for my favorite right now between uh, Imposter and this one, Intruder. Mm. That's the name. Intruder, Intruder's so fucking good. Intruder's so gothy. I didn't expect it. I turned it on and I'm like, oh yeah, this is on brand for Matt. Yep. All right. I get it. Yeah, but this is on brand for me because it's also very socially minded. And like, I cried listening to Games Without Frontiers the two times in a row. And every time I come on, I I still feel like. I still feel sad about it, which this is a segue. Yeah, it's a good segue. Into song number two, featuring um, Kate Bush saying that the, uh, the out. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it Je. Was it Je. Je sans frontières. Mm. Yeah, Je sans frontières. Je sans frontières. We're Canadian, but I don't speak French. Frontières. I'm actually in the process of learning it because I. I have two books by like French poets that I'm like, I want to read the real shit. I don't want to read the fucking translation. You want to like learn French so you can read all the moody ass fucking philosophy books. Well, that's why I started trying to learn German because I was like, I want to read Carl Jung on him like in the original, not translation. Lofty goal, sir. Lofty goal. <laughs> so this song is an 80s bop. Iconic. Full iconic. iconic. Just Hashtag. Full, full fireworks. Bold Comic Sans font. Iconic. <laughs> like, everyone knows this chorus. The games without frontiers. War without tears. Like, Whistling tunes we hide in the dunes by the seaside. Oh. Mmm. Careful, we don't want to get copyright smacked on this one. Bitch, they can fucking sla- They can try to smack me on it. I'll just. I'll- <laughs> they like did a thing, so when it said that, it sounded like you just responded really quickly to me, being like, "Bitch." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what I. Th- I think that is actually what happened because I said it right away. <laughs> bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, this song is based, is actually, um, there was a, uh, a, U- a UK, no, sorry, a European, uh, game show that would pit off, like, counties off of counties, countries off of countries, towns, and whatever, just basically, like, like, different, like, different parts of the world would, would face off of, like, what, like, different parts of Europe would face off of one another, and it was, and the show was actually called Je Sans Frontiers, which is, um, games without frontiers and uh funny enough the uk version the the ironically the knockoff um was called it's a knockout 
and they would go around and pit uh, different counties against counties and towns against towns and so on and so forth. And I kind of have this like I kind of have this vision of like Peter watching this show and just kind of seeing it play out and kind of like this is like Cold War era um, like world <laughs> Cold War era everywhere and po- especially post World War Two, which had like a, an incredibly lasting impact on um, along a, a uh, upon Europe because that I mean that's that's where a lot of the the fighting had gone on a lot of the bloodshed oh, yeah. had gone on still recovering and still recovering mentally and like physically and i'm sure it's also like hard to well. recover when you got the iron curtain literally in the middle of the continent yeah. yeah right and so like apparently the adolf builds a bonfire and rico plays with it kind of line was based off of a writer um his uh, own personal diaries I mean, I I feel like Peter Peter Gabriel strikes me as a as a as a person who is pretty well read, um, but there's so many layers to this song, and it was a fucking bop, like this. It's a, it's talking about globalization. It's talking about war games, about politics. Like, if you take if you it, like if you take the power away from from everybody who's like like fighting and like everyone who's like killing everyone like everybody who's killing each other like the the people the powers that be that go on and and say yes now we're going to be storming this like country and taking all their fucking oil or like killing <laughs> all US people. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know like if you took if you took the power away from it but i mean that's just fucking bullying because the u.s has no fucking right to be anywhere other than like take care of your own backyard guys i know i'm just (laughs) yeah um but like it's basically children fucking playing like playing this is like i used to think that this song was about lord of the flies i could i could Um, hear that comparing i could see that yeah isn't the world just lord of the flies yeah yeah except people act like actually die and it's not just a book yeah true like and if looks could kill, they probably will in Games Without Frontiers, of War Without Tears. I didn't know that the names in this song represented countries. Uh, now, Peter said that it was actually not intentional, but then I don't believe that because Enrico and Adolf. Adolf builds a bonfire, Germany, World War II era Germany, and then Enrico plays with it, and that being Italy. Um... I just yeah, that, I mean it's it's too much. It's pretty spot on. Like it's really it's, on the nose there, Peter. Can I call you Pete? <laughs> I uh, I I I was talking with Annie about what uh, the mo- a movie that I think is probably one mm-hmm. of the best movies to come out in the last uh, year or so, um Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I I was that was very much on my mind when I thought about this, about children um pl- wanting to play war games without any understanding of of the impact. Okay, Biko. We're going to get even more heavy. Is this Wait. what you want to do? Wait, you want to move on? I had one last thing I wanted to say that's really... It was a lighthearted thing. Okay. So, the part where uh, Kate Bush is singing Zeus on Frontiers... I can't speak French. I'm sorry. Um, it's commonly mistaken... To be heard as, um, she's so popular. 
Now I was thinking about that when I was in the, when I was in the shower, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Now you guys in listener land can think about me in the shower. Um, you can't unhear. I, she's so popular. Now, I think it's very telling of the kind of mental, like it's it's very telling of what's like what a lot of, it's on a lot of people's minds. Like, of course they're not going to hear French. I'm sure people in France and Quebec and all French speaking countries of the world probably could hear this but like it's just kind of it's kind of funny that like a lot of the english speakers like heard she's so popular like what does that have to fucking do with anything it's art i mean Don't gotta make sense baby wait <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a clap back for my bitch, bitch. <laughs> yeah no actually funny enough i because of this because of of games without frontiers i um I uh, have now have a book that I've got to read, which is apparently a classic Chinese novel from the 18th century called uh, Dream of the Red Chamber. And that's where Lin Tai Yu comes from. Huh. So that's that's my homework. Now it's all our homework. Now, yeah. We're giving it's you homework just, this week. Oh, you thought you were just tuning into a lighthearted podcast. Well, guess what? Get fucked. <laughs> yeah, you know what, listeners? Oh my I'm sorry, god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. Don't. <laughs> we only have like 10 of you. I'm so sorry. That was so that was like unexpected for you. Oh wow. Oh wow. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, so, on to Bika. Biko. The Bico. last tr- the la- the last song on this is about um it's called Biko. And it opens up with this very uh, beautiful, um, I'm going to probably murder this, Zosa um, uh, recording, which uh, that's the language. I, sp- I, I apologize to any of, to any of our, our um, African listeners. We, I, I don't know in the in from now into the future if i murder any of these words or pronunciations or anything i apologize but it opens up with a uh, zosa um song that was actually this is actually a recording from stephen biko's um from stephen biko's uh funeral uh, funeral oh that's what that was i was trying to figure out what the sample was now this is a protest song and this is this song to give some understanding about who this person is is that uh Stephen Biko was a uh he was a, an anti-apartheid um activist in in uh South Africa and he was arrested he he had he was he was outspoken and he was and he, he he a lot of times he his ideas were 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 kind of um, were just were he he would he would use this a pseudonym of Frank Talk, but um, he came up from a poor family and he just saw what was going on and I'm gonna very much paraphrase 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 this all of my notes were gone so I'm do you just want me to... to I wrote down some notes um. Sure. I mean, like, chime chime in when you want. But basically, he died in in police police custody. Yeah, he was 
Um, he was murdered. I think he was arrested, and then he was in police custody for like what? How many days? Like twenty six days. Di- no, he was in twenty six no, days. Twenty six days. Yeah. And then they they murdered him. And well, they tortured him um, first. They tortured. Yeah, they tortured him first. Like violently tortured him. Like they basically tortured him. To if you have not, okay. So. so this this movie is an excellent movie. It's got Marlon Brando in a brief performance in the middle of it as as a lawyer unfortunately he couldn't be in the majority of it It has donald sutherland um who who i found out is related to the guy who brought healthcare to canada no what yeah donald sutherland is like the husband-in-law to uh fuck healthcare in canada health tommy douglas he was uh that's who okay Okay, ndp man yeah yeah when yeah, the NDP th- were radical. Yeah, thank you, Tommy Douglas. Yes. Um, thank you. Um, but yeah, Donald Sutherland is related. To, funny enough, I saw him at the Vancouver Occupy uh, Occupy Vancouver protest uh, opening day, I guess. Um, but yeah, so watch that movie, and there's a scene in which there's uh, this man dies in police custody, and it's based on Stephen uh, Stephen Biko, and uh, that was that was happening a lot. I read. I sat there and I read for two hours about apartheid, and I am not an authority on it. Just want to clarify that. And but um, but this that they're still affected by this. But what Peter Gabriel did was that I don't know how why I didn't find out exactly why he was affected by this and or how he came came to find out about it because around that time like nobody really knew about the apartheid. Um, in uh well they are probably aware aware of it but the common person was not like if you're mm-hmm. a diplomat you're most likely aware of it but uh, for 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 anybody who is not a, uh, understand who doesn't understand what apartheid is is basically that south africa was ruled by a minority white government and upper class and everyone else um sorry you're shit out of luck and this is it went on for up until from from like early late sixties up until the like or late nine the early nineties, the late eighties, and that's a long fucking time for a very intense shit. But it was already kind of in place by the Dutch. This is not a history lesson, um, but yeah, it's just like segregation laws. Segregation laws. Thank you, Devlin. Yeah. Um, the English translation for the beginning of the song is, it doesn't fuck around. Let's put it that way. So they sang this at Steve Biko's funeral, and it roughly translates to, on the day we return, on the day we return, on the day we return, blood will be shed, Vorster will weep. Christ. And yeah, Vorster was matter. John Vorster, the president of South Africa from 1978 to 1979. So, doesn't fuck around. And he was, and he was the minister of justice who basically sentenced um, Nelson Mandela to life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So the song basically talks about how in September 77, um, even in the police room where Stephen Biko died. I, it just makes me wonder. 
like how many deaths have been covered up and somehow this one got out like what was it somebody had um a, a challenge in of of moral like like a moral kind of issue with it and they found out or was it his family or did they say that he just i i don't know i don't know either like like we said we're not experts on this we just have a vague knowledge of the events that occurred yeah i had a lot of notes on this and unfortunately they're all they're all gone yeah but but yeah um um the thing i can say about this song is it literally doesn't fuck around it doesn't but it's pretty it's very pretty but the lyrics are literally like september 77 weather's fine business as usual in police room 619 the man is dead it's like i don't know how more like plain you could shoot your message out you know what i mean when i try and sleep at night i can only dream in red the outside world is black and white with only one color dead that you line can blow yeah that line has a lot of you very can relevant blow out a candle but you can't blow out a fire once the flames begin to catch the wind will blow it higher Ooh. and that's what we're and that's what we're seeing right now yeah that's this is, this song strikes very close to home for a and lot of people right now and we're still fucking fighting this yeah right matt i'm good i'm okay <sighs> we're really we we really uh accidentally like do these things that kind of correlate to whatever's going on by accident this, this was not intentional at all <laughs> no. but then when i started looking into it i was like oh okay all right this is like it's just everything i hear in the news right now about all the reactionary politics happening in the states from their from their hippopotamus is like good fucking thank you but (laughs) it's like like are you trying to make it worse like you do realize that like you may be using our cell phones to monitor us but we can monitor you back and yeah. everything that we're everything that monitor you back, but like everything that I'm seeing on it is like, like you're only making this worse. Like just admit you're wrong. Yeah, the world would be a better place if people would just admit they're wrong. In all facets of life. <laughs> yeah, even we're just as guilty. Yeah, I'm. I can be fucking stupid and non unknowing and not have all the facts. But I'll like I've worked my a very long time to admit that yeah I'm wrong I'm very prideful I'm a Leo everybody, but like I admit that yeah like I'm I can be wrong and I mean like it's very hard right now and I just hope that everybody stays safe and are we um we didn't intend for this to be something we heavily talked about in this episode but it's really hard to ignore what's going on right now and in some ways it feels wrong to just be shit talking over about music like we normally do because it accidentally like talks about like what's going on and it feels irresponsible to take like direction away from that this song you think it's from some long time ago but it really isn't and we really do need to do better yeah 
Sorry, everyone. But sometimes people are actually moved by these moments, and I hope that you have the discernment to decide, or at least to see other to see the truth for it. For that's something that you can that you have to figure out on your own. Mm-hmm. And I hope, and I hope that that people looking out right now can see that truth or at least have it more and more. The unfortunate part is that it's become more and more amplified as, as um, the days have been going on and it's just really showing you the, the, the true face of, of the world yeah. that we live in right now. It's a pretty song though. <laughs> it's, it's goddamn beautiful. And yeah. for an album that is so stark and, and just blatant, like it's this this is this is a really beautiful song mm-hmm. what do you think about it annie i don't know i liked the album i liked a lot of the songs but it did get kind of boring for me after a while like i had like i enjoyed listening to it maybe twice over and then i couldn't really do it again that's fair um, but it was an enjoyable listen, and I think a lot of the lyrical content is super like prevalent and important. <laughs> did, and did you find that it went by pretty quickly? No, it went by so slow for me. Oh, okay, okay. It went by, like, the first listen for me it went by pretty quick, and then the second time it really felt slow. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's sort of same here. <laughs> that sounds like it was melting when you were listening to it. <laughs> but I'm so- you had that written down, didn't you? No, I just came up with that. Um, Annie, what did you like? What was your favorite songs off of it? Intruder. Intruder. Intruder Why was that? My favorite, huh? What What did you like about it? I don't know. It's spooky. It is spooky. <laughs> <laughs> spooky. That's why I like Intruder too. I think that's one of my favorite songs on this record too. Is <clears throat> it's spooky. It's just because really? it's spooky. I don't know. I think like it's really. It's really important to write protest songs. It's really important to write political songs. But it's just because it's Peter Gabriel, it makes me feel kind of weird about it. I don't know why. Well, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, okay. So I just kind of enjoyed the stuff that was a little less political. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the rest. Like, I came yeah, into it's... this record kind of bored, but I ended up loving it. Like, it definitely grew on me very quickly. What's your favorite songs off of it? Uh, I really, really like Intruder, and I really like um, Games About Frontiers. Kind of mm-hmm. boring, and I like the fucking singles. And actually, I really like Biko. I think Biko is a very beautiful song. How about you, Matt? Um, my favorite songs off of this were No Self Control, I Don't Remember, and Family Snapshot. Um. There's, there's like a, I don't know. I think that I don't remember is basically like interrogation of a family that's like, or a person who's trying to like immigrate to another country. And I don't know. It's just, you'll just have to take me as I am kind of thing. This is definitely Um, like required listening. I think this is the homework for today's go listen to this, (laughs) go listen to this album. If we like and haven't sold you on this is what you should be doing while listening to our podcast, is go listen. Yeah, I actually I actually went onto Discogs and I ordered this album, so I have it coming on vinyl. So. Oh hell yeah! 
Yeah. Dogs. I'm yeah. I needed to get this one. Pretentious, pretentious record collectors. Yet here I am. I love you, disc dogs. And shout out to the person who ghosted me when I tried to order Japanese whispers off you, and you wouldn't fucking invoice me. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I th- I I love this album. I I think it's pretty good. It's funny because um, my dad and my mom and I have been sitting around the fire, and we do this thing where we like. Like, I'll pick a song, and then he picks a song, and then she picks a song. It doesn't matter the order. She might pick a song first. It's not a hierarchical thing. We just kind of go, hey, what's this song? And we put it on. Mm-hmm. And she ended up going to bed, and he stayed up with me for a couple hours afterwards. And he picked this song, Games Without Frontiers. And I sat there, and I was like, oh, shit. I forgot about this one. And then he went to bed shortly after. And I sat there and I listened the whole album front to start. And I hope everybody out there in listener land knows, or actually they might not know, but I've been struggling a very hard, hard past couple of weeks with picking albums <laughs> like um, for this for this podcast. And when I heard this one, it was like I needed to like I was like, this is the one we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did. It's very good. It's very very good. Honestly, this entire time we've been recording, I've had freaking the beginning of Games of Our Frontiers stuck in my head. Just that do, 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 do. It's just mm, so good. Fucking slaps. So, um, Annie, what are you listening to this week? Oh, shit. That's an excellent question. What have I been listening to this week? Um, I've, been I've been listening to a lot of Fetus, which was a the project of J.G. Thirlwell in the 80s. And um, it's he did literally everything, so it was literally just him on these records. Mm. Um, he's notable because he was an Australian who was a member of the, um, what was it? The Immaculate Consumptive, who were um, a a uh, artist collective that was jg thorwell um lydia lunch nick cave oh shit and um mark almond am i wrong maybe it was oh yeah jg thorwell was in it um yeah mark almond they were really fucking cool so um that's what i've been listening to is fetus and I've also been listening to Pure Hell. I don't know if I've mentioned Pure Hell before, but they were an early punk band um, who were long forgotten. Well, not super long forgotten. They've kind of made a comeback. Um, but they were a early punk band, but they were kind of forgotten because they're black dudes. Um, they're from Philly. And I think right now it's really it's really important to listen to you um black music because it's it's also really um really important to remind yourself like we're all huge music fans evidently that most genres came from um black people so you need the like most genres that you can think of so gotta gotta keep that in mind and right now it's important to understand black culture and couldn't like find respect for it because a lot of people don't have respect for love it, love so. black people as much as you love black culture 
Yeah, exactly. If you mm-hmm. like, if you listen to rap and you don't like black people, you're a fucking piece of shit. Fuck get, you. Get the fuck out. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, like actually, don't listen to this podcast. Get out. Look seriously, <laughs> yeah. leave us alone. If you've made it through this entire episode and you still hate people for the color of their skin, I don't even know what to say to you. Please, just just stop listening. Shout block us. <laughs> Shout yourself out so we can block you from hearing us. <clears throat> um, I'll go next, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to the new Fellas by the Cribs, which is just some like 2005 kind of like <gasps> indie the Cribs. Rock. Yeah, the Cribs. Oh shit! Like 2005, like indie rock stuff. It's fun. It's good. It's loud. Like it. Very like almost block party esque. Kinda. Wait, do, do they have a song about basically like, um, it was just spoken word? Yes, uh, be safe. C- it's called be safe. That one. That's the one I fucking know. That's the only song of them I know, actually. Oh, that's on like their later album, um, "Men's Needs, Women's Needs." It's yes. Very good. It's very, very, very good. I never hear anyone talking about them, but they're still very good. I don't actually know them, so worth checking out fuck i haven't it's called be safe right i haven't heard that song that song since high school holy shit and i've also been listening to death not the death metal band but the early punk band Woo! i would very on point pure hell came just after death so just listen to them just absolutely amazing one of the very first punk bands also notably all black just very, very good. Yeah. They were brothers, right? Um, I don't actually know. I don't actually know a whole lot about them, but I love that album so much. I'm, I'm pretty sure there were there was uh, two brothers and then uh, a friend of theirs, and they started that band. Hmm. I'm Google? No, they were <laughs> all brothers. They're all brothers. They're all brothers. That's yeah. tight. Yeah, they fucking rule. They're so good. There's a really, there's a, oh yeah. For that. There's a really good documentary on them called The Band Called Death, and mm-hmm. it's super good. I was actually thinking yeah, we ca- should watch that for our next live stream. Oh, nice. It's all good. What are you listening to, Matt? Oh God, I'm gonna sound boring, but I've been listening to a fuck ton of Towns Van Zandt. No, Talk that's I love. Not boring. That's so good. I just, I've been. I just bought a three hundred dollar record, Tan San San record. So that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you posted that, and then I was like talking about Towns Van Zant with my folks, and I was like, "Man, I haven't listened to Towns Van Zant in a while." And then uh, I listened. I basically listened to. Um, <clears throat> let's see the album. Well, I was listening to uh, Live at the Old Quarter in Houston, Texas, and uh, I was I I love that one but i was actually learning how to play poncho and lefty and if you ever listen to towns van zandt and you hear poncho and lefty and you hear these corny like like horns that's not the way towns was supposed to sound his manager fucking kept him hooked on heroin so he could be more malleable um towns is to me just towns and a fucking guitar and his voice that's it um, but that and actually um, Jason Molina, 
who is I don't know if anybody really knows of him. I, I just kind of mentioned him before. I mentioned him. Um, yeah, I mentioned him uh, to you guys in, the, in in our group chat. But Jason Molina and I was listening to uh, "Let Me Go, Let Me Go, Let Me Go," and that's another album that I was listening to, and I was like, "Fuck me!" Like I was having a badass fucking like not a badass day but like i was having a really awful fucking day and i discovered this because i was looking for acoustic music and i just let the <laughs> algorithm do its thing and um you know by the way can we bleep out <laughs> every time we mention it <laughs> sure um, i'll do it th- thank you but uh yeah that one and i've been the entire album is amazing the entire album is amazing and it's he died in uh 2008 2010 i think i can't remember but yeah from alcoholism like but he's um he's very great listen to it so i've been listening to a lot of acoustic music i've been listening to a lot of acoustic music fair enough today i'm going to tell you to not focus on me and donate all you can to black lives matter just focus on what's good and uh, stay safe. Um, donate to different freedom funds as well so people can get bail. Um, I was donating to um, bail funds in L.A. because it's my second home and I love L.A. and they're having some rough times right now. So that's, that's who I'm telling you to donate to is different bail funds. We're probably going to... Um... Actually, let's yeah. let's do this. Let's let's post um, a post of different um, activi- activist groups that can, are supporting our um, our compatriots out there in the streets. Um, I haven't been able to make it out, um, unfortunately. I've been struggling with some a lot of me- mental health issues, so I've been very very much not doing the greatest, but. Um, my sisters, I went out to um, a demonstration this evening, and I hope they made it back safe. If they did, if unless they're still out, but yeah, I think we should actually just post um, a bunch of different organizations that people can donate to this week. Yeah, I'm going to put a list that's been going around in the description of this episode, where you can make your decision to donate if you can. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, stay safe out there. Stay safe. Please.